Hi there, and welcome to Chimp Chat, a podcast aimed at helping you get the very best from your MailChimp account, brought to you by those clever chimps at Chimp Answers, a MailChimp Pro partner. MailChimp email marketing is just what we do. We're here on our uh, first episode of Chimp Chat. So it's basically a way of us being able to give back to you some advice, tips and guidance on how to make the most of MailChimp. Uh, my name is Romin Adams. I'm the uh, owner of uh, Chimp Answers and uh, I've been using MailChimp for the last five years. So actually probably about 10 years as it were. So no me know around it. And joining me today is the MailChimp Supremo, which we've now christened her, uh, the delightful uh, <laughs> Vicky Glass. Morning, Vicky, or afternoon, evening? Uh, afternoon, Robin. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so today uh, we're going to be talking about forms. Uh, one of the things that regularly comes up in the group, and certainly for both of us who are using MailChimp, uh, we know that email marketing is all about data. And one of the best ways to get data into your system and use it are forms on a website. But the problem is, Vicky, that lots of people who use forms, unfortunately, aren't necessarily doing them the best way, I think would be best to say. It's one of the common queries and questions we get, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah. Okay. So what we've done is we're just going to have a quick chat about some of the things that we've picked up over the years that we use MailChimp of kind of like the key things that you need to be aware of when it comes to using forms on your website. All right. So first question that you have, Vicky, uh, or first thing to say, what's your first tip when it comes to kind of like forms on websites? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so, so many things. Who's from? <laughs> first thing I think would be, oh, well, is this in terms of in terms of actually getting people to sign up? It would be how you attract people. So your wording would be the first thing um, in terms of getting people to join your um, newsletter. So you need to give them something or at least attract them in some way and not just join my newsletter. You need to dangle something in front of them. Yeah. Um, the world's a bit different now when it comes to email marketing. You know, kind oh, of yes. a few years ago, you could go join my newsletter and yeah. people would go, yes, I want to join your newsletter. Uh, unfortunately, now just having a subscribe to my newsletter in the footer of your website isn't really going to cut it. You know, people have got, you know, kind of like, unfortunately, email marketing has changed. There's a lot more uh, emails flying around, you know, kind of like I've spent probably an hour this morning going through inbox and clearing it out because I wasn't looking, didn't look at it yesterday. Um, and, you know, from that point of view, I'm not going to just sign up to a newsletter for the sake of the newsletter. So, so probably the first number one thing you need to think of is, what's in it for the person who's signing up um you know whether it's an incentive or or even if it's not an incentive but just sell the benefits yeah you know that's one of the key things so you know a couple of ideas of things that you could do to sell the benefits for a form to get people to sign up um so i would think when on your form you'd have to tell them what they're going to get so if you're going to be sending daily tips then say that if you're going to be sending freebies in a newsletter you don't have to offer freebies but just say you'll get freebies so those those sort of things really help but definitely setting expectations so don't let people sign up and then they get email from you daily when you didn't specify that so um yeah especially nowadays with gdpr one of the things you have you need to have that transparency when someone signs up they need to know that when they're signing up 
what they're going to get. To be quite frank, it's actually it is part of GDPR. You can't oh, yeah. say sign up for sign up to get this great big document, yeah, and then and then at the end of it, you then start sending them an email every day, and it's like oh, yeah. they didn't agree to that. They agreed to the document, but not to doing it every yeah. day. So that's definitely one of the key things that you need to do. Um, so another one that is something that I'm always going on about with all of my clients and everything is is um, it, I call it tagging for provenance, which sounds very, very <laughs> high, very high brow. As it, uh, but basically what it means is that every time you've got a form on your website and just for reference, you should probably have more than one form, more than one offer, because obviously, oh, why yes. wouldn't you? if you want people to sign, up to, to sign up to your audience and your list, you want to get more is to make sure that you're tracking where those people are coming from. So let's say, for example, you've got a pop-up on the front page of your website, and in, in the Contact Us page, there is a sign-up form that talks about you know joining the newsletter or whatever. The pop-up is probably going to have a slightly different message, or it should be if you're using it to incentivize people to sign up, than the form on your contact page. But you want to know when someone signs up, have they signed up from the pop-up, or have they signed up from the contact form? And what that means is it allows you to, A, to see how each of them is effective, but mean you can start tailoring the communication. It's something that we do all the time, isn't it? And it's not just forms. We do it for any type of connection you've got in MailChimp. In terms of, you know, kind of like track, it's, it's one of the key things we do. Uh, have you got any? Uh, yeah. Anything? Oh, yes. Sorry, carry on, Robin. Ask your question. No, I was going to say, say what's what in terms of in terms of tracking those tags. Is there any little tips that you've got of the best ways to actually do that? Um, I think with tags, people can get slightly carried away because in Mailchimp you get an, an unlimited number, so people just go, "Oh, tag freebie," and then they have another freebie. They go, "Tag freebie too." That makes no sense. So for me, with tags, definitely having a naming convention helps in that sense. So for all your freebies, you could start them with freebie and then the name of the freebie. Or if you're doing, you know, um, an event or a webinar, you start it with the webinar or event, you start it with that same word and then give an actual description. Um, so, yes, people just having tags that don't lead to anywhere is one of the affairs. So. Yeah, couldn't agree. Having that structure so that yes. not just you, but obviously if you're doing this, you want your business, business to grow and other people will be coming in and potentially yeah. running your account in the future. So as soon as you start tagging, whether it's a, a form on a website or a pop-up or whatever it is, actually tracking what that tag is and having a name that means yeah. something. Yeah, I was on, I was in a MailChimp account a couple of days ago uh, and they had about 75 tags and literally they were just words. There was no context. There was no, you couldn't tell what those words meant. It's like, I think one of them was subscriber. It's like, why have you got a sub subscriber? Because aren't they all subscribers? <laughs> So, well, another yeah, another thing that people forget is that they can use more, um, multiple tags in the same form. So people just go one tag. But if you have multiple, that gives you a lot more scope. So you could say everyone that signs up for my freebie will always be tagged freebie, for example. And then you can get more specific and have a specific tag for that freebie. So it gives you more scope when you're emailing people. You can target them better. You can email everyone that's tagged freebie, not just the people that signed up for your freebie in May, for example. But that's a really, really good point, actually. Trying to make sure that you're not just tagging once. You know, one yeah. of the things that you know we talk about when we work with uh, you know our customers is that if you've got a page that is selling a particular aspect of your service, so I'm working with yeah. you know we're, we're working with some real estate uh, agents at the moment, yeah. and obviously they've got buyers and sellers, 
And so they've got a page on their website where you can sign up to their newsletter with an incentive or whatever. But it's on the buyer page, the page that tells them, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like, we will help you buy your property, so on and so forth. Now, in that case, you don't just kind of like assign a tag with that form that says this is the um, kind of like the, the freebie you're getting and you're signing up to the newsletter or whatever. You know, because of the page that they're signing up, that they're a buyer because that's where the form yeah. is. And obviously, when you're segmenting your marketplace and segmenting and, and relevance is the core to, to all aspects of successful marketing, you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're able to segment your marketplace. And as you just said, m- using more than one tag to actually track and identify people mm-hmm. is a really, really powerful method uh, of segmenting your database and then obviously being able to target them down the track. So that's a really, really good thing. And then the final tip, and we could have quite gone, you know, we could quite easily do a couple of hours on these because they're oh, yes. easily. Um, but it's, it's, it's focusing on understanding your platform and the type of form. So we're getting a bit technical here, but so so what are the kind of like, what are the key things with regards to this? How would you kind of like advise people in terms of choosing the tool that they're going to use for their web for their website form system? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I usually start with where is your form going to live? So if it's on your website, then choose a tool that works with your website perfectly. So don't go, oh, I've got a website and I want a MailChimp form. I'm going to go and find a form on MailChimp. Choose, go, I've got a website. Now, which tool lets me put a form on my website and it works with MailChimp? So that's usually where I get people to start. And if you're going to use MailChimp, nothing wrong with that. Just make sure you're using the right form on MailChimp. Don't just go, oh, there's an embed form here or there's a sign-up form that looks vaguely right. I'll go for that. Whereas there are other options that you could explore. Definitely. So it's choosing the best form on, on the best platform that you're working with. Yeah, I think that platform thing is really, really, really important. In fact, again, you know, looking at the comments and the, and the questions that regularly mm-hmm. come into the Facebook group, they are very much, well, this form isn't working. And always the first question we ask is, well, what platform you've built it on? Is it on WordPress? Is it on Wix? Is it on Squarespace? Have you built it using MailChimp? There are so many different website platforms out there. uh, And understanding what the platform is, is kind of like the first thing you need to look at. And then secondly, it's understanding that if you're going to use a form, you need that form to form system it's it's more important that it works on the platform so web wordpress wix squarespace than it is that it actually comes from the email program that you're connecting so obviously we're talking about mailchimp but there's you know obviously lots and lots of different email programs out there and they've all got form tools but just because they've got form tools it doesn't mean they're the right tool for the website platform that you're using. So we regularly recommend that if you're using a WordPress site, you should be looking at something like Gravity Forms or Yikes Easy Forms, the two that we've kind of like quite familiar with. And again, looking at Wix or Squarespace, there are specific tools within their systems that are designed to work from a visual point of view, but then in the back office, you can usually find a way of connecting them up to MailChimp, and that way you get the best best of both worlds. It's really important that, because forms, if they don't work, then you ain't getting any subscribers. Yes. 
and it's all yeah it's also important to test your form so people that use the mailchimp embed form fine but then they don't actually test it properly to go oh actually doesn't work in this in this case or it doesn't do this they don't test it they just go i put a form on my site and that's it but it's all important to test it so you, could, you can always change your form you're not stuck by the one that you've chosen at the start so oh, yes definitely, test definitely. Your form. yeah anything that you put into mailchimp you test and, uh, and and if you haven't done it already go and uh, do a search on the chimpanzee's website for, for the gmail hack as it's were which basically oh, yeah. allows you to test with a Gmail email account. You can test your form multiple times with the same email address, but have different addresses being registered, which means that you've got unlimited tests. Uh, I'll make sure that below this po uh, below uh, we'll share a link to this particular article because it's the best way to test your account. It, it simply without any problem is so. Um, okay, so. That's, those are some of the core things. I mean, there's other things to talk about, so don't ask for too much information. Yes, All that's definitely people. important. Yeah. Ten, ten, um, ten fields later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to spend, you know, 20 minutes giving you the details of their inside legs measurements and their kids' <laughs> favourites, uh, fluffy animal or whatever. So just concentrate on the information that you're going to use. Um, and also one of the things that, that certainly we always, always recommend for a number of reasons and one of them is deliverability so getting your emails in the inbox is the idea of having an email that's triggered to be automatically sent when someone fills that form that's really yes. important isn't it vicky yes very important um i was just working with a client last week where she was manually sending these emails when people signed up and she was like i'm sure there's a better way help me I was like, yes there is a better way but yes that first email is important. They're expecting it. They want to hear from you. They've signed up. They want to know that they've actually successfully signed up. So they're going to open it. They're going to click it. So yes, it is the most powerful email you'll probably ever send um, once they've signed up. Definitely. And I'm sure that'll be something that we'll talk about in, in one of the future uh, yeah. chats that we have of how to actually manage that and how to you know make sure that that email is impactful because yeah. uh, there was research that was done by Experian which was said that a, a welcome email or the first email that you send is going to be what was it four times more likely to be opened oh, yes. and eight times more likely to be seven times more likely to be clicked so if you want to get interaction engagement with people you want to make sure that when someone does something fills out a form you have got an automated email that's going right back to them as quickly as possible so it's automated because they are going to be expecting that and when it comes through they'll go i know exactly what that's about if in your situation vicky you know if you're if someone's sending that email manually so yeah. i could sign up to a list today and then get an email tomorrow and a lot happens in 24 hours <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Especially when when people are signing up for um free, for freebies, and then you know um, a week later or for, like even the next day, you send them an email that go, "Who is this? What did I sign up for this? What?" And they just unsubscribe. So yes, you definitely have to be be on the ball for this one. Oh, definitely. This is one of the things that you really need to pay attention to. So just to cover off that, so if you're just catching up, so first of all, when you're looking at forms make sure that you're selling the benefits of the form to the person who's signing up. So don't just write, sign up to my newsletter because no one will want to do that, okay? Make sure that you're tracking those forms. So get each form to have some way in MailChimp of knowing what that form is. So tagged is the obvious way. Um, and then make sure that when you're using the form tool, 
the form tool is appropriate for the platform that your website is on, as it were. So don't just go, I'm going to use Chimp, a MailChimp tool and put them in my website. There's probably better solutions out there that will work better. And in actual fact, come back to our second point, if you did use a MailChimp form embedded into a website, you can't actually add a tag to that as part of it. So it's one of the reasons why you're best using one of those other tools. So that will make an awful lot of sense. And obviously, as we just said, make sure that you wrap up your emails uh, and make sure that there is an automated email that's sent every time someone fills the form out. Uh, that's really powerful. And, and we'll, we'll talk about this again, talk about deliverability, which I'm actually going to mention later in a little bit. But we're going to, again, have a, a specific uh, kind of like chat about deliverability as well. And that welcome email, that first email is massively important if you want to succeed at email marketing. Cool. Okay, so that's one of the things that we do. So if you've got any questions, uh, if you're watching this live, if you've got any questions about forms, then please chop them in. We'll have a look and be able to pick those up um, and um, hopefully give you some advice. But hopefully there's some good, good tips that you can take away to actually use. All right. Okay, so that's just kind of like covering off the forms what we're going to talk about. A couple of other things that we're going to do regularly. So if you're not used to... Um, Oh, great. We've got a question straight away. I like Ooh. I like questions. That's good. First first session and we get a question. So the question is, if newsletter sign up forms are not the best way to get people onto your mailing list, what sort of incentive forms should we be considering? And should they all be on your website or can you put them in other places? In other words, social media. So any thoughts on that, Vicky? Um I think newsletter sign-up forms are still a good way to get people on your list. It's how you entice them, how you attract them. So rather than just saying sign up for my newsletter, you could say sign up for my newsletter and you will get these things or I'll be sending you these. So you tell them why they should sign up, give them a reason. And even if you're offering a freebie, you could have an option there to say yes to newsletter or no to newsletter. Or even say things like, um, I want to um, send me your emails weekly or actually send me your emails monthly. Give them other options. Give them an option to say to get your emails less frequently. So newsletter sign-up forms are still great. You just need to make sure that you're attracting them properly. You're not just leaving a sign-up to my newsletter. Give them an incentive. Give them a reason to sign up. Um, as for putting it on your website or social media, that's also a great option. So if you've got a Facebook group, and you know you don't ask the questions at the start for the email address you could then when one people join your group have a pin post or announcement to say go over here to my newsletter and sign up and you'll get a free ebook or something so you just have it there at the top of your um, group for when people sign up to your website um to your group or even on your page have a pin post to um, re redirect people to your to, to your sign up form so there are lots of lots of ways Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, from 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 incentive form. So I'll just look at some of the ones that we've set up with clients in the past. A classic one for e-commerce businesses is sign up to my audience and get 10% off my first yeah. order. 5%, 10% or get free shipping or whatever. So if you've got yeah. an e-commerce store, giving that incentive on their first order is always going to be really, really a great way of encouraging someone to sign up. It's something that I would suggest <laughs> an awful lot of e-commerce stores use. But that's because it works. People yeah. do sign up. If you don't have an e-commerce store, then obviously the other way that you can really uh, leverage uh, and get people to sign up is to give them something in exchange for their email address. Okay, so something, a phrase that's often used by marketers is a concept, something called a lead magnet. And basically, a lead magnet is a guide. We've talked about guides and, or a PDF, as it were, which is going to be specifically valuable to the person who is kind of like your potential customer. Uh, so, you know, for example, for us, 
you know, we could quite easily have a light lead magnet that says, you know, the 10 best ways to make the most of MailChimp forms. Okay, that would be a little PDF. It would only be two or three pages, but there would be value in it. And people would be prepared to give us their email address in exchange for that. So in terms of the best way to incentivize your customers, have a think about that kind of like that two or three page document, which has got a little bit of information that you know that the person that you're working with, the clients that you want to speak to, they would be interested in getting. You know, even if, it, you know, even simple things like having a brochure or a price list, people still want to get that information. You know, if you're a, uh, you know, a printer or whatever, that's one of the things that people will potentially want. So have a thing like that. And I agree completely with Vicky. Social media is a great way of generating traffic. You may not necessarily want to put your form in social media. I know that, face, for example, on Facebook, uh, MailChimp gives you the option of embedding the form in your Facebook page. I'll be honest, uh, I haven't actually spoken to anyone yet who's 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 been effective at getting signups from their face of page from a form actually on it. The best way to do it is to, as you say, basically drive traffic to the page on your website and get them to sign up there. That works much better. Yeah. Yeah. Just another point on that um, is more. I'm always in two minds about offering in. Um, free things to your to, um, offering free things to get people on your list because then you end up with people just for the freebies so that's also something to think about when you're offering up incentives that you need to qualify you need to make sure that people on there you can then nurture them keep them on there for more things not just i'm here for your freebie and now i'm off um so always think about the journey that your customer is going to go through this is probably going to advance here for the forms but yes think about your customer journey when you're giving out away free free stuff for your business definitely it's part of the yeah the fact is that this is just a step from the yeah. the point where they don't even know you to they think you're the best thing thing ever and this is just a step <laughs> on the journey so you need to understand what happens after and if you set your expectations too high or too low that will have an impact on the journey yeah. so but just have a think of it just turn around put yourself in the mind of the person that you're speaking no, who you want to sign up and basically say what is the type of thing that you can give to them that's going to be of value so hopefully that answered your question uh, thanks very much for posting it uh, and if you have got questions on forms that you want to then please make a point of um, adding the question to the bottom of this post and tagging either myself or vicky glass on this post and we'll basically do our best to answer it or we may even refer to it in a, in a future chim chat session so thanks for that right okay couple of other things of uh, how should we say program notes we'll call this section as it were so uh, first of all this is the first of the chimp chats that we're planning to do so there'll be myself uh, and a rotating cast of people from the chimp verse as I like to call it so Vicky will be a regular guest as well we'll have a number of other people and if you feel you've got something to say or something to offer then you know please get in touch you know the idea is this is going to be a regular half hour chat every week so if you've got something value that you want to you know share with people uh, get interviewed and have a conversation just come back to us and let us know and we'll be able to slot you and that would be absolutely fantastic okay another thing that I need to let you know about is an announcement that I made in the Facebook group a very couple of days ago actually and that's the announcement of a very large event that is now on the horizon uh, something that we've christened the Chimposium. Uh, and it's basically a two-day live training event online, um, which is going to take place on September the 16th and September the 17th this year. 
and we're going to have 16 Mailchimp experts from from all around the globe. These are all going to be Mailchimp partners talking about different aspects of Mailchimp to make sure that you are getting the most from it. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic event. Mailchimp, we've spoken to Mailchimp head office. They're 100% behind it, so they'll be talking about this as well. Uh, and we've literally just opened pre-registration. So if you want to make sure that you're, you know, first in the uh, first in the queue when tickets are available and other bits and pieces, just go and visit symposium.com and put your email address in there, and you'll be added to the list. You'll get an automated email straight away confirming good practice there, as it were. And then once we've finalised the ticket prices and how it's all going to be set up, we'll email you. And also, if you're a speaker and you potentially want to speak at that event, we are looking for speakers. There's a speaker page there as well. So go and visit symposium.com. And I'm sure it's going to be something that as we get closer to September, we'll be talking a bit more on and probably have one or two guests onto the uh, Chimp Chat uh, who will actually be speaking. So look out for that. Okay. Right. Uh, We also want to do a quick section each week of things that have been going on with actual MailChimp. So developments that MailChimp, because obviously we're using MailChimp all the time, you know, kind of like pretty much every day we're logging into a new MailChimp account. And there's a couple of things that have happened in the last week or so that are worth mentioning for you, okay? So first of all, MailChimp have recently launched stores and appointments. And this is MailChimp's, uh, uh, I say attempt, it's not the right word. They are going, you know, kind of like really focusing on this and really trying to tap into the e-commerce marketplace. Uh, and they're, they're kind of like putting a lot behind it, aren't they? They're really oh, making, yes, oh, definitely. Making, Especially with their websites as well. They've got, you can create a website with MailChimp now, so. And they're really looking at, so this is very much for those of you who don't have, who want to get your first steps. So kind of like, I, I don't want to take MailChimp down as it were, because they're, there are a lot of advanced tools out there. You can Shopify, WooCommerce, lots of pressure shop. There's loads of e-commerce tools. But I think MailChimp are really targeting this to those people who don't have anything at all and want to take their first steps into an on-time online business. So you can set up a store for free. Um, there's a 2%, I think it is, transaction charge yeah. for each of your orders. Or you can go up to the kind of like there's a $10 level, which will have a, give you a branded subdomain and reduce the fees from 2% to 1.5%. Uh, and there's also other bits and pieces. So certainly if you are a retailer or have products that you want to sell that you've never kind of like put online, as it were, in MailChimp's traditional style, they've made it very accessible and easy for you to actually do that. So it's an interesting development, isn't it? They're obviously, uh, after the uh, discussions broke down with Shopify, as it were, uh, and there kind of like was a conscious uncoupling uh, of, <laughs> of that, as it were. They're really, you know, they're obviously, this is something they see as a huge opportunity. Oh, yeah, I think so. And also it's very attractive because your email list is then next to your shop. So you don't have to try and integrate several different applications, which can put some people off. So just having your shop, next to your email list, almost like an all-in-one tool is, yeah, makes it very attractive for those that are not that tech savvy. And yeah, it's very exciting. Definitely, definitely. So we'll obviously see how that develops over the coming yes. months and any updates or information that we get from that, we'll let you know. Also within that, we just mentioned briefly appointments. So this is like a calendar appointment tool where mm-hmm. people can book appointments with you and even book paid appointments. So you can use this if you are, say, a massage therapist, you can use it to sell particular appointments and, and, and basically MailChimp will handle the the, um, the charging, as it were, and, and the, the revenue side of things so you don't have to. So again, 
They're offering very, making it very easy for people to start down that journey. It's not advanced, you know, it's not compared to some of the calendar booking tools that are out there at the moment, but it's a good step in the right direction. It's certainly adding another, you know, kind of like uh, arrow to their uh, their arsenal of various things to help people get more from their email marketing and just their businesses overall. But one thing we did spot, which we want to make sure that you guys are aware of, uh, is that one of the things that used to be part of the free part of MailChimp and didn't actually cost, they've actually moved into moved this into the e-commerce part of it. Okay, so what we're talking about here is using a subdomain in Mailchimp. Now, used to before the stores came in, you used to be able to create a subdomain, connect it up to Mailchimp, and then have your landing pages branded with your domain. Unfortunately, now that is no longer something that you can do without an additional cost. You actually have to purchase the websites and commerce plan, I think, as part of stores. I think that's there. Yeah, and yeah. And it's, it's going to cost something like $10 for you to actually do that a month, which is a bit unfortunate because I know something that we always used to do is when we used to kind of like go through the process of authenticating a domain. Yeah, at the same time, we just create the subdomain because it like literally took 30 seconds. So a bit unfortunate that uh, and something that, you know, probably those of you out there who are starting out and want to have that branded domain, it's probably something that you'd like to have had, but it's now going to be a little bit harder. So uh, not ideal, but hey, we, we are not owned by MailChimp. We are not endorsed by MailChimp, although we do love it and use it all the time. So, you know, occasionally we've got to point out there are one or two things that may not be perfect. But just so you're aware, because I know a number of people out there have recently tried to set up subdomains and suddenly realised they can't and wondered why. So we just wanted to mention that. OK. All right. So the last section that we're going to do before we look at if there's any other questions that have come through from people is just talk about what's been going on in the Facebook group recently. And as, as is always the case, it's kind of like one of those things where there's people have got specific questions or queries, but the one thing that seems to be coming up every week, every you know, all the time, is about deliverability. It's about getting into the inbox, okay? Now, we're not going to sit here and spend the next half hour talking about deliverability. We want to try and keep this relatively tight, but we'll definitely be focusing on email deliverability in a future session. So make sure that you look out for when that comes out. But just to give people a little bit of a sense of, of one thing that they can do, which is going to improve their chances of getting into the inbox, Vicky, what would you suggest? If there's if they're only to do one thing, what would it be? Well, that's okay. They're only, I had two in my head, but if they're going to do one thing, then I would say authenticate your domain. That is the one thing you have to do. And it might sound scary to some people because, oh, what are these things? What does this mean? Where do I get my domain from? But um, if you've set up your domain somewhere, you all can always get someone to help. And we're always here to help. But that's the first thing that you need to do. And MailChimp has a help doc as well that walks you through all the steps you need to go through. But yes, that would be the first thing I would say. Definitely authenticate your domain. I'd almost go as to say, if you haven't, if you go into your MailChimp account now, and you go to the left-hand side and you click the drop-down menu and click on websites, I think it is, and then on domain, under that you'll see the word domains. If you then click on domains, and next to your email domain, the sending domain that you've got, if you don't have the words authenticated, then you are missing out on a big yeah. part of getting your emails into the inbox. It's probably the first thing that we look at with every single email account and if you haven't got it authenticated, you really need to. And as I say, there's lots of information on the MailChimp website about doing that. So, yeah, 100% agree. 
first of all that and the other thing i'd say is you know coming back to what we were talking about previously have an automated welcome email because yes. that welcome email that first email they're going to get it's basically going to set the tone gmail doesn't look at all of the emails that you send and goes they're good or bad it's that clever now it looks on individual accounts and see how the individual person is reacting to the emails that you're sending and on that basis you want to make sure that your emails are getting a good reputation with each person who receives them and the way you build that reputation is by sending it straight away and getting people to open and engage and that's why sending it quickly i.e automated and linking it to something that they've done like filling a form is going to increase the chances that first email is opened and is going to set you in a positive manner if you don't then you're starting off on the back foot so a couple of tips there so get yeah. your domain authenticated and then make sure that you are having some form of automated welcome email that goes straight away as soon as you sign up. Cool. Definitely. All right. So I think that kind of like racks up today. We're just going to have a I quick think, look and see. There's one more yeah. question that's come up. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer this. So Vicky, uh, can I use a custom font that is not available in Google Fonts? Definitely. You can add your own font if you want to add your own font. But the caveat is, it will not display at the um, in your recipient's inbox. So your subscribers will open it and just get Arial. So there is no real benefit in you going through all the hoops to get to use your own custom font. So I would just stick to the standard fonts that you get in Mailchimp, and that way you'll know that what you what you see is what your subscribers will see in their inbox. Definitely, yeah. That's Ultimately, you got to remember just because you've sent it. There are a million one inbox tools, Outlook, iPhone, Gmail, Yahoo, AOL even. There's so many out there and they all look at your email slightly differently. And they're all going to display your email based on the information they've got. So if they haven't got your font, and if it's a random or obscure one, they ain't going to have your font. Then they're just going to go, well, I will just slap in Arial and make it kind yeah. of like private there. So, so don't get too bogged down in terms of the fonts that you use in the emails you send, because chances are the majority of people who are receiving your emails, and let's be honest, that's what it's about. It's not about what you're sending. It's about what people are getting. They won't have that font. And as a consequence, all that time and effort you've put in and trying to sort that out just hasn't worked. And, and I agree completely. So try not to get too clever with your fonts. There's no real need to. Just use the ones that MailChimp gives you by default and really you can't go wrong from that point of view. Yeah, and from that point and not being too clever, really simple emails can do so well when it comes to deliverability and people opening it. It just, sometimes just keeping it simple is usually the best, so. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, something I talk about a lot is usually, look at the best email you received in the last week. Mine was from a friend saying, we're playing golf on Monday. Didn't have any graphics, <laughs> didn't have any logos, didn't have anything. It was all about the content. Yeah. I think at times it's very easy for us to get very bogged down into wheezy templates and graphics yeah. and other bits and pieces and and think about it. When actual facts, the reason we're using emails to get a message across. And the more that you dilute that message by all this other stuff, the more likely you're going to have a problem or, or even your recipient's going to have a problem actually looking at it. So great bit of advice there. Great. Okay. So we're now kind of like coming up and uh, going to wrap up now. So thanks for it for those of you who are watching live. 
If you're watching this on replay, if you can just kind of like put underneath hashtag replay so that we know that you've actually watched it, always good to know that people out there are picking up uh, on what we're doing. If there are subjects that you want us to discuss in the future, please put them underneath. And obviously, if you've got any questions or queries, this is what the MailChimp Answers Facebook group is all about. Go in there, ask your questions, and us or any of the other experts that are in there will point you in the right direction and move you in the move you forward. Look out, will be announcements on being able to get this video as a regular podcast as well, so we can turn the audio into a podcast and we're going to put it onto a lot of the other social media channels as well, so keep an eye out for that. But for now, I've been Robin Adams, and I've been here with Vicky Glass, and we'd like to thank you for being part of the biggest and best MailChimp community out there, and we'll look forward to catching you very soon. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Definitely. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you found this podcast really helpful, then here's what you can do next to broaden your understanding of MailChimp. You can join our free Facebook group. It's the biggest MailChimp support group in the world. Just search MailChimp Answers on Facebook. You can take our free MailChimp Medical to find out the health of your MailChimp account and what you can do to improve it. Just visit chimpanswers.com and follow the prompts. And of course, you can get in touch with us. If you like one-to-one -one support, advice, tips, or whatever, just visit chimpanzas.com, which also has got one of the largest resources of MailChimp blogs and advice available out there to get the information that you need. Thanks again, and we'll see you very soon.